This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are continuing our series, Don't Stop Now, with guest pastor, Pastor Patrick Winfield, from the Potter's House for Worth, with the title, The Season of Sensing. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, family. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I bring you greetings from the Potter's House of Fort Worth. My name is Patrick Winfield, and I'm the campus pastor over there at the Potter's House of Fort Worth, and I am so excited and so happy to be with you and joining with you in this Sunday morning virtual worship experience. I am so happy uh, for my, my friend and my little brother, Pastor Corey, and, and, uh, and how he is being healed how God is strengthening him and his body and in his mind. And I want you, HG family, to, to really begin to dig into the things that God has in store for you because God is waiting to do some powerful and mighty things for you and, and through you if you avail, avail yourself to what God is doing and what God is saying. Now, I know that this month has been a very interesting month and there has been some speakers before me and we thank and praise God for each and every one of them. I am not here to speak something different from what they have already spoken. I am here to add on to the complete sentence of what God has been trying to speak to you, to your church, to this ministry, and to its leadership. I want you to know that God is up to something powerful in and through you. When, uh, when Pastor Corey, when I saw uh, what was happening uh, and he had to have surgery and all that stuff, I, I immediately reached out to him and uh, told him that, man, I am praying for you. I see that God's hand is even in this. You will recover. You will recover all. Things are going to be well. And I told him, is there, if there is anything that I can do for you, let me know. And I will be there, Johnny, on the spot to help out in any way, shape, form, or fashion that I could. Well, a few days passed, and then he called me and asked me to come and preach. And so, you know, when I asked him if there was anything that I could do, I wasn't thinking about preaching. However, you know your pastor better than I, and you know that if you ask and put yourself out there and open up the door, he's just going to walk in and say, good, do this for me. And so, and so I, I, thought, I thought it would be great for us to support each other. See, during this time of COVID-19, one of the things that I understand is that churches all over the place, and I'm going to dive into the word in just a moment. Just let me minister to you and speak to you just for a moment. Churches all over the place are being impacted by this significantly. There are churches that are literally closing up because they don't have necessarily the people resources or the financial resources to continue in ministry. And oftentimes, the mind of a leader is that during times of crisis, that we've got to be there. That we've got to be there and we've got to work our our fingers to the bone and, and continue to push and push and push because you really don't know the time and the season because it is really a season of uncertainty. And so now I know his mind. I know that the mind of a leader is always concerned about making sure that his people are going to be fed even while he is in recovery. And so I feel what your pastor feels right now. And I want you to feel that too. And I want you to continue to press in in prayer during this time and this season for your leader and for the church and for the ministry because I feel like God wants to do something powerful through this ministry. We're not far. We're in Fort Worth too. And I believe that all of us together, God is using us to change this city, to flip this city around, and ultimately to change the state and this world. There is something that is happening that is powerful to me. And so I, I just feel the, the leading of the Lord just to tell you that and just to share that with you. I want you to also consider this. I want you to consider that this is a different time a different season that we're in. And so now the word that God has given to me to give to you is a word that's not just for you, but it's probably for every church and every ministry that will hear this and every person that has been waiting and expecting a promise. And you're trying to figure out how is that promise going to be manifested in a time of crisis? In other words, some of you have postponed expecting your promise until 2021 until 2022. 
Some of you have postponed what you felt and sensed God was saying to you and saying for you to go after even this year after this crisis happened. And I am here as a harbinger of change. I am here as a prophet unto the Lord, an oracle of his voice to tell you that now is the time for you not to pay attention to the crisis, but pay attention to your Christ. Because God wants to say something and speak something to you during this time. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive the word? I want you to gather the family around. I want you to gather your kids around. Gather, call somebody on the phone. Share, share, share. Tell somebody that HG is on and tell somebody there is a word that is being preached up in here that is going to minister to us. I want you to gather them around the virtual, whatever virtual space that you're in because God wants to speak to you. Are you ready? Gather them around. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give your name glory and praise and majesty. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit who's operating in us now to get accomplished your perfect will in the earth. I thank you, Father, for every heart, every mind, every spirit, every purpose that will listen to this word today. I pray, Father, that purpose and destiny would be awakened. I pray, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that our sensibilities, O oh God, would be so awakened and so, uh, so alive that we would be able to sense what it is that you are doing around us and in us and through us in the name of Jesus. Father, your plan does not stop because of a crisis. Your purpose does not end in a crisis. In fact, it is revealed in a crisis. And so I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would reveal, that you would lead, that you would heal, that you would guide, that you would deliver, that you would set free. In the name of Jesus, we now pray. Amen. I pray that you would think through my thoughts, speak through my words. Help me to articulate with passion and grace the things that are on your heart and on your mind. Give me nimbleness of thought, liquidity of vocabulary, that I may be able to articulate your ancient truths in this present time. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And thank God. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive in. I want you to turn your Bibles uh, to the book of Luke, the second chapter. The book of Luke, the second chapter, and I'm going to read verses 25 through 35. Once again, we thank and praise God for the angel of this house, Pastor Corey. We thank and praise God for you, sir. And, and we are so excited about what God is doing in you and through you and through this ministry. I'm excited about it. Excited about it. Excited about it. Luke, the second chapter, 25 through 35. I feel some kind of way, though because it took a crisis for you to invite me. I just feel some kind of way about that. I don't know. I mean, I'm just like 10 minutes away, and I mean, man, dude. I mean, we could have did lunch or breakfast or something like that, and all you had to bring me to your church, tell me to preach before I do lunch with you. I mean, if, okay, if that's, if that's the requirement for us to do lunch or breakfast and us to have cononia, then yeah, man, I'll do what you're asking me to do. Amen. The book of Luke, the second chapter, verses 25 through 35. It says this, And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him in his, into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. 
Oh, God, that's powerful. Oh, God, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I may not even be able to get to that. Oh, God. But thoughts in many hearts, from many hearts, may be revealed. I want to talk to you today from this thought. And if you're taking notes, I want you to take copious notes because there's going to be a lot of information coming to you fast and furious. Uh, and that is the title, The Sins or The Season of sensing. The season of sensing. The season of sensing. I want you to write that down. The season of sensing. The season of sensing. Um, first of all, before, before we start into our text, I want us to understand and approach the text uh, from a different vantage point so that we can understand all the things that are happening around the characters of the text. Before you approach a text and when you're reading a text, you've got to understand prophetically what's happening during that time so that you can extrapolate the full revelation of what the text is trying to bring and say to us. Now, first thing that we've got to understand before we look at the text and view the text is that we've got to understand the concept and the ideology of seasons. Seasons are very important. See, a season is a division of the year marked by changes in weather, ecology, and the amount of daylight. In other words, a season is earmarked by how much light gets into that season. You know the season is going to change by how much or how less the light is shining during the course of a day. So now seasons change at the place of light. Or seasons change at the place of revelation. Now, everybody has a particular season. The Bible says that to everything, there is a season and a purpose forever and a time for every purpose under heaven, which means that everyone has a particular season and there is a purpose and a time that's attached to your purpose under heaven. The reality of it is, though, that during the time of purpose, there are multiple seasons that your purpose may go through. And if you're not careful, you will think that one season is your purpose when it is just a time that you're going through. In other words, you will not always be like this. And you will not always be going through this the way that you're going through this. Life is going to change for you and life will shift for you. But you got to understand how seasons change. Seasons do not change by emotion. You cannot cry yourself into shifting a season in your life. You cannot, you cannot frustrate yourself into shifting a season in your life. You cannot, you cannot be angry with God and allow for that anger to shift the season of your life. Seasons do not change through emotion. Seasons change by revelation. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. In other words, when light breaks into your heart and revelation breaks into your mind, then it automatically changes your season. Oh, God. A season shifts at the place of the revelation of light. Light comes in to shift your season. So anytime when God gets ready to shift your season, he will bring a revelation. Oh, God. And when it, anytime when God gets ready to shift what you're going through and to shift your circumstance, it is because he will bring a revelation. And the revelation will shift you into the next season of your life. Now, I want you to understand that there are many seasons. There, there are seasons of clarity. There are seasons of ambiguity. There are seasons of rest. There are seasons of labor. There are seasons of, the Bible says there is a time to be born and a time to die. In other words, in other words, there is a season that's attached to birth. Now, many people may feel that the season that's attached to birth is only one day. When the reality of it is that the season that's attached to birth is nine months. So now time does not determine seasons. Revelation does. Oh, God. Oh, God. Time does not determine seasons. Revelation does. You live in the revelation that God gives you for a time until God gives you another revelation that shifts you into another season of your life. Oh, God. There are things then God, that God is going to speak to you and speak to me during this season that will shift you into a whole other season no matter what COVID-19 looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what crisis looks like. God can give you a word in this season that you 
prosper even in the midst of a crisis. I know I got that part right. Because even though Elijah the prophet prophesied that there would be famine in the land, he never went without food. In fact, every time that he got fed, he got fed by something that gave him another revelation. The Bible says that the birds from the air, the ravens start feeding him. And that was a revelation that came from the air. I'm trying to help somebody. It came from the air. Uh, that, that, that means that God was feeding him through an uh, through a unconventional way during that season. Because God does not need anything to feed you except his will. When God gets ready to feed you, when God gets ready to heal you, when God gets ready to deliver you, he can use anything that he has created, oh God, to give you what he wants you to have. So you don't ever have to be depressed because it seems like you don't have enough in this season. God has a way of bringing ravens to you if he needs to just to feed you. And the Bible says that when the water, when the brook dried up, that God gave him another revelation. And the revelation was to go down to Zarephath and go to the widow's house because now there, that woman is going to feed you. In other words, in order for him to handle his crisis, he had to hear what God was saying and not get stuck in his present situation. I'm preaching too soon. Uh -huh. uh, see, you got to understand that wherever you are in your life, it is just a season. And it is up to you for you to discern the seasons that you're in because seasons are attached to behavior. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, I love this church, and I, I've seen you guys. I've watched you guys, so I know that, that Pastor Corey is a teaching pastor. So, amen. Uh, allow for me to teach. I'll teach in a minute, and I'll teach now, and then if I feel it, I'll holler, maybe holler, and, and, uh, and holler in between, and maybe holler at the end. I don't know, uh, but I'll just teach. Let me, let me just teach for a moment. Now, nobody gave me a time limit, and that's dangerous. Ask people in my church, don't give pastor a time limit. You are, you are subject to be there for hours. <laughs> and, so, and so somebody needs to show me a time or something like that so I can make sure that I stay on point uh, because, because there's too much stuff here. I'll try to give it all to you in one setting. Let, 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 me, let me help you to understand them, this principle. This is a, a season of sensing. A season of sensing. There, there are times in which God will give you a season in which you're able to see clearly. And there are times in which God will give you a season in which you're not able to see clearly. Now, when we first started, when we first started uh, uh, this year, you know, the year of 2020, and everybody was saying, clear vision. We're going to have clear vision. It's the year of 2020, clear vision. And interestingly enough that nobody saw crisis 19. There are some prophets that saw it, but, but you know, all the prophets that we know, that's, the public did not see it, and, and nobody saw it coming, but we were supposed to have clear vision, which tells me that there are times in which God will not give you clarity. <laughs> as much as you pray for it, as much as you scream for it, as much as you cry for it, there are times and seasons in which God will never give you clarity because now we've got to walk more by faith and not by sight. We've got to walk by what we sense and not necessarily by what we see. And so God will always give you seasons and moments to check to, to make sure that your sensing mechanisms are operating and functional because if you're seeing, there's a time in which you're not sensing. God, if I see too much more than what I'm sensing, that I'm led more by what I see versus what I sense. And there are times in the kingdom of God in which God wants you to be led by your sensing mechanism and then led by your seeing mechanism. Because there is something that happens in the place of seeing that says that you will never see if you never sense. Oh, God, uh, I, I want to help people to understand uh, that when you're living in the life in which God has promised you anything or prophetically spoken anything over your life or given you purpose and destiny on the inside of you, there is something to your life that's got to deal with sensing because you don't know. Oh, God. And any leader that tells you that they know it all, they're lying. You need to get away from them because the spirit of divination is on them because they are lying. They're lying through their thick teeth because no leader knows it all. Yeah. 
and no leader sees it all. The Bible says, Paul even says, that we know in part, we prophesy in part, we see in part. Uh, we are looking dimly into a glass. We are sensing more times than we are actually knowing. There are times in which your pastor is going to tell you, let's do this, let's go this way. Why, pastor? It don't look like we should. And he's like, I know what it looks like, but I'm sensing something else. Because sometimes sensing and being followed or leading or following the leading of what you sense does not make sense. Does not make sense. Does not make sense why you would progress during a time of a crisis. Does not make sense why you would invest during a time of crisis. It does not make sense why you would open up your business during a time of crisis. Does not make sense why you would write a book during a time of crisis. Does not make sense why you would do certain things in a time of crisis. But you don't do it because it makes sense. You do it because you're sensing. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I want you to write that word down, sensing, S-E-N-S-I-N-G. Circle it, underline it, put a scribble uh, under it, because this is a season of sensing. I told my staff just the other day that I, I came into, I came into uh, this year having vision, and I, I was very clear on some of the things that I wanted to, to see happen at our church and in our ministry, I was very clear. I was very clear. They were very clear. We were all clear. It was on our calendar. Everything that we wanted to do was on the calendar. We had our strategies. We had our preparations. We had everything going. And, and I had vision for the year. Now I told them that I don't have vision for the year. I got vision for the day. <laughs> because that's all I see is the day. <laughs> everything after that, I've got a sense. <laughs> Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. There, there is something that is happening in the text. I want you to write down another word. Holy Spirit showed me this word. I was, I was studying the Torah and studying uh, some, of the, some of the messages that comes out of the Torah. Uh, and, and this word uh, is, is a word that comes out of that, 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 that particular uh, a Torah teaching. And it's the teaching of alacrity. Right? Write that down. Alacrity. A-L-A-C-R-I-T-Y. Alacrity. Alacrity. Alacrity is very important. Alacrity is the willingness. It is the willingness to be ready. Oh, God. It is the willingness to be ready to respond at any moment of time. It is a, it is a willingness to be ready to respond at any moment of time. And there are different dimensions of alacrity. Uh, and I'll talk about that for the whole month of August, the, the, the different dimensions of alacrity. But th th this is a, a principle that I want you to come to understand and to know that we are in a time of sensing because we don't see the way we want to see. Now, now, the reason why I need to share that with you and all that information with you is because before I even get to the text, you got to understand that's where Simeon is. Simeon is not in the place in which he understands fully and which he knows all. Simeon is in the place in which he is sensing he is a prophet of the Lord. The Bible declares that he has been waiting on the consolation of Israel to be revealed. He has, he has been in life longer than, than his promise has been in life. <laughs> and he is waiting on the promise to be revealed, but he does not know how he looks, and he does not know where he is. All he knows is that he is supposed to show up. And so we see this, this principle that's being left, uh, uh, lived out. Let me give you the first principle, if I didn't give you enough principles right now. Uh, uh, the first principle is this, is this, you sense promise first before you see it revealed. Write that down. You sense promise first before you see it revealed. Uh, because you're in a season of sensing, you've got to learn how not to fight with seasons, but you flow with seasons. If you, if you fight with the season, then you'll never be able to extrapolate from the season all the things that God has in store for you. But if you flow in the season, you'll be able to, you'll be able to extract from the season everything that God is trying to get to you. You never fight with the season, you flow with the season. And so now, if I tell you, and I sense in my spirit that this is a season of sensing, that means that you've got to flow with what this means. First point to it is that you sense promise first before you see it. Write that down. I sense it before I see it. I sense it before I see it. I sense it before I see it. Everything that has ever happened in my life, everything, every, every promotion and every uh, elevation has happened based off of me sensing it before I ever saw it. 
Before I ever saw it revealed, I had to sense it. Before I ever, before I ever saw it concretized and manifested in my life, I had to sense it. Uh, uh, there are very many things in our lives that, in which we will never get to or never receive because we stop sensing what God was saying. Oh, God. Oh, God. You got to sense sometimes what God is saying because you may not hear a voice. Uh, no, but, but you've got to still sense what God is saying. I, I, I want to I I shine some light then on Simeon's character that gave him the ability to be able to sense before he saw. Let's shine some light on him. The Bible says about him that he, is, that he is righteous, that he is devout, and that he is looking. These are the ingredients that's needed and necessary in order for you to have the full measure of sensing in this season. Righteousness. You got to be devout and you've got to be looking. The three things you got to see, you got to understand, you got to be righteous, you got to be devout, and you got to be looking. All right? That's what Simeon was. The Bible says that in this season of sensing in his life that he was righteous. Now, that word righteous, we know uh, that we have heard it taught, especially theologically, that righteousness means right standing with God. But I want to, I want to give you a, a different variation of that same definition and to tell you that to be righteous just simply means to be conformable. Conformable not to your will, but to the will of God, which means that you are willing. Oh, God, there's got to be some kind of conformability to what God is saying and to what you're sensing in your spirit, because this is not a time for you to be concrete. This is a time for you to be fluid. This is not the time for you to be stagnated. This is the time for you to flow with what God is saying. This is not a time in which you can rest on your laurels and do things the way that you used to do it. Every church and every ministry that will remain concrete will become very quickly irrelevant because you cease to become fluid. And there is something about listening to the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit that increases fluidity in your life and in my life. Abraham, leave this place and go where? To the place that I'll show you. But Lord, you haven't showed me anything yet. I don't care. Leave anyway. I told you to leave. You got to be fluid. You got to be fluid. You got to be fluid. I'm going to give you a promise that you are going to bear a son, but, but my wife's womb is shut up. I didn't tell you about your condition. I told you about your prophecy. Your prophecy says what you're going to do, but you're going to have to sense what I'm telling you and be fluid in what I'm telling you. You're going to have to obey when I tell you to obey. Move when I tell you to move. Leave when I tell you to leave. Shift when I tell you to shift. Why? Because this is called fluidity. You may not see it. You may not understand it. You may not fully know it, but God does not give you a words for you to fully understand because he doesn't have time to articulate all of his wisdom to you. His wisdom is eternal. Your wisdom is temporal. He does not have time to explain all the things that he knows about what he's about to do, which means that you just need to, by faith, move. By faith, you move. By faith, you move. By faith, you move. That is righteousness. Righteousness is conformability to the will of God. Okay. That's all. It's, it's conformability to the will of God. I know the theological concepts that we've had justified and all that stuff. I get that part. But sometimes people just don't understand that. You understand this. Conformable to the will of God. That's righteousness. Oh, God, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, God, God impues upon you, gives you the ability to be conformed. Oh God, to the ability to be able to change righteousness or fruit of righteousness is transformation. Because now he gives you the ability to change. Before, you didn't have the ability to change. But when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, he imbued and imputed righteousness to you and gave you the ability to be conformed into the image of his will. Oh God, oh God, if you were here, I'd tell you, touch three people and say, I got ability to change right now. I got ability to change right now. I don't care what I was last year. I don't care what I was last week. I don't care what I was on yesterday. I've got the ability to change right now. The ability to be transformed by the renewing of my mind right now because he's given me the ability to be conformed to his will. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's righteousness. Righteousness is, oh, I don't have time to, oh, God, I feel, I feel my preacher coming to talk about righteousness. Oh, God. Because oftentimes we have misrepresented the concept of righteousness and we've put it in one silo, not understanding the full breadth and depth of what it is. To be righteous means that I'm able to shift. Uh, 
to shift, to shift, to shift, not my will, but the will of the Lord. This is righteousness. Simeon was righteous. The second thing that he was was devout. Now, devout doesn't mean that he was religious. And there is a difference between being religious and devout. Devout means that he has, he has, literally, he has the mindset of taking hold of what is good. He's got the ability, he's got the will. Now, after righteousness, after being conformed to the will of God, he's got, he's got the willingness to take hold of what is good. Oh God. In other words, he's serious about seeing what God said. In other words, in other words, he's focusing, he's focusing uh, on, on, on an outward response to his inward transformation. He's focusing on an outward response to his inward sensing. In other words, he is willing to move right now. In other words, he, he's willing to take a hold of what God is going to show him. Watch this. No matter what form it comes in, I'm ready to grab it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel the Holy Spirit pushing me, prompting me to say to somebody that you better get ready to grab what you've been praying for. And you better not try to worry about what form it's coming in. You just got, got to be ready to grab it when it comes. When you sense it's God, you're going to have to be able to be devout enough to grab it right then and there. Dear God today. So he was righteous because he was conformable. He was devout. Because he was willing to grab what is good. Third thing is that he was looking. The Bible says that he was righteous and he was devout. And he was looking for the consolation of Israel. He was looking for the Christ. He was looking. That word looking comes from the word uh, that, that, that literally means ready and willing to give and receive. In other words, he is waiting with expectation. He wakes up every day. This is literally what it means. He wakes up every day saying, is this the day that I'll see the Lord's Christ? He wakes up every day, morning by morning, day by day. He wakes up every morning saying, could this be the day that I see the Lord's Christ? That every day he doesn't stop looking and waiting with anticipation and expectation about what God has spoken into his heart, into his spirit. That every day he is looking to see it. Watch, Because if you look for it, it will find you. And sometimes your promise does not find you because you're not looking for it. Oh, God. Oh, God. And, 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 and the promises of God or the principles of God or the power of God or sometimes the blessing of God will miss you because you were never looking for it. Sometimes you're going to have to be looking for something good in order for something good to find you. Because that goodness is going to have to stand in front of you and you're going to have to sense that it's God by your expectation and not necessarily by your vision. Oh, God, oh, God. I know, I know, I know that COVID-19 is terrible, and I know that people are dying, and I'm, my, my, I mourn with those that mourn. But I also know that there are great things that's coming out of this crisis because greatness is birthed in crisis. So, God, and so, so I, I got to be able to look at the situation that we find ourselves in and to say that there is something good about it, and God is making all things work together for my good. Could this be the day that God reveals his promise to me this could be the day this could be the day so he was righteous he was devout and he was looking and he was looking for the consolation of Israel let me let me give you my second point and then I'm gonna hasten to close my, my, my second point is this your ability to sense comprehensive fulfillment is in the willingness to be led by the spirit okay. your your ability to sense comprehensive fulfillment is in the willingness to be led by the spirit this is this is the part that is that is very uh, interesting to me and let me teach this part just for a second because I know that I'm talking to people I'm talking to people who who you have something in your heart that God has given you to do but you are not fulfilled right now you're on a job in a career path right now in which you're doing it but there's something uh, there's something on the inside of you that's saying that this is not it the money may be good, but you're still saying this is not 
it. Uh, the times that you work may be good, but something on the inside of you is saying, this is not it. Or there's something more, or there's something greater for me to do. There's something else that I'm supposed to be doing. And you feel it and sense it in your spirit. And nobody can understand it because all around you, it seems like everything is cool. I mean, you got a nice job, you got a nice pay, you got all of that stuff. Even you got bennies. You got the benefits of your job. You got all of that stuff. But on the inside of you, the inside of you is sensing something different from what your state is because your sensing mechanisms is saying this is not it. Oh God, I need to talk to somebody who if you're not careful, you will allow for the circumstances of your life to leave you limited to what God has spoke to you just because you stop sensing and there is something greater on the inside of you. What you're doing right now is not all that you're called to do. Where you are right now is not all the places where God has in store for you to go. Who you know right now is not all the people who God has got in store for you to bless. There are other people, other blessings, other opportunities, and other doors that are waiting for you but it cannot get to you if you don't look and looking oftentimes is being led <laughs> led by the Holy Spirit notice what the text says the text is very replete it talks about how the power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit was upon him the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him number one the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and then the Spirit of the Lord revealed to him Revealed to him that he will not die before he sees the Lord's Christ. Think about that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him, but then, but then the Spirit of the Lord is going to, is going to reveal to him. And then the, the third thing is that the Spirit of the Lord is going to lead him. Oh, boy, I'm giving y'all sermons within sermons. Oh, dear God, this is, uh, uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord is, is going to be upon him. And that uh, being upon means that the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of God, is going to engage with him. Oh, God, engage with him, not according, watch, to emotion, but according to timing. And let, let, let me say this to somebody, because, because God will not move you because you're frustrated. He'll move you because it's time. The Holy Spirit does not submit to your emotion. You cannot frustrate your way into a move of God. <laughs> oh, God, you cannot, you cannot frustrate your way and anger your way into a move of God. God says, I will move when I get ready. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, help me to preach this. Help me. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus' friend uh, was sick. His name was Lazarus. And when Lazarus was sick, there was a message that was sent to Jesus. Jesus come uh, because Lazarus is sick. Well, Jesus did not move at the message of Mary and Martha. In other words, they sent him a prayer request, and he decided, not to answer it immediately. <laughs> Stay with me at just a moment. And the Bible says that he waited for three more days before he actually moved in that direction because he was not moving in that direction because of their emotion. He was moving in that direction because of his timing. And your emotion will never rush God's timing. By the time he got there, the Bible says that Mary and Martha had an attitude with him and said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus says, now I know that you understand uh, that he is going to come alive again in resurrection. He will be resurrected. And Mary and Martha said, I know you're talking about the resurrection, but that's later. But I'm talking about right now. If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus says, wait a minute, you're missing, you're missing the whole premise of this preaching moment. He says that what you don't understand is that I am the resurrection. Though something may be dead, as soon as I come in, revelation changes the situation immediately. I can resurrect whatever is dead. You want me to get there when it's sick, but I came to tell you that whatever is dead, I can heal. God. If I came and healed him while he was sick, that would have been a little miracle. Uh, that Somebody would have said, oh, they gave him a little medicine. But I waited until you got to your last time. I waited until you had nothing else left. And then I came. Because I came to resurrect your situation. God, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel God pushing me right here. That somebody is out there and you've been despondent and you've been discouraged and you've been depressed because you think that your situation is dead. But I'm here today to tell you the spirit of resurrection is coming into your situation. 
And when Jesus came, he said, show me where you laid him. Show me. Show me where you laid him. And he called out one name. Lazarus, come forth. Oh, God. And the Bible says that Lazarus came out. But what you don't understand is that he wasn't doing it for Mary and Martha. They already had a relationship with him. And he wasn't doing it for Lazarus because Lazarus would have been fine in the arms of the Lord. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if he was not doing it for Lazarus, who was just fine where he was, and he wasn't doing it for Mary and Martha, who already had a relationship with the Lord, who was he doing that miracle for? That was for the people. And so he said, before he called out Lazarus, Lord, not for me, but so that the people can believe. Sometimes God will bring you to your lowest common denominator, not because of you, but because of the people that are connected to you, the people who are talking about you, the people who are watching you. And God says, I'm going to resurrect you so that they can believe. So that they can believe. I'm going after the people. I'm evangelizing through your life. I'm evangelizing through your defeat. I'm evangelizing through your death. So I can preach to them in your resurrection. I am causing for you to come up. That's why you got healed so quick, Corey. Because God was saying, I'm evangelizing even through the surgery. I know you thought that it was going to be down. And I know you thought it was going to be bad. But God is saying, I am preaching to everybody in your church about how God is able. Oh, God, maybe I took too many vitamins this morning. I feel... I feel, I feel God. There is something that God does through the work of the Spirit. I'm hastening. I'm hastening. This work of the Spirit, the works of grace, helps, connects you to places. Places. Remember the Bible says the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him. But the Holy Spirit brought him to the temple. See, because the Holy Spirit, you got to understand that when he gives you, uh, when he gives you something to do, when he, when he tells you something to do and you sense it, he does not give you details. He tells, he tells him that you will not die before you see, uh, before you see the Lord's Christ. You will not die before you see the Lord's Christ. But he doesn't say how Christ was going to look. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, that, that's, a big, that's a big thing. It's very general, isn't it? In a, uh, don't, don't be surprised when God gives you a general prophecy. Uh, see, y'all ain't ready for that kind of prophecy. Everybody wants specifics. God is going to bless you in this season. But, Lord, what day, what time, and uh, where do I have to be, and what do I have to have on, and who is the person, and how do they look? Are they tall, dark, and handsome? Oh, God, is she light-skinned or dark-skinned? Does she got long hair or short hair? Is she plickety-plow? Does she love Jesus? Does she speak in tongues? What region is she from? What church she go to? What's her credit score? I mean, see, we want specifics. Sometimes God does not give you specifics. Sometimes God gives you all kinds of generalities and causes for you to have to sense your way through the rest of it. He will tell you what direction you'll go in and then you'll have to sense your way in that direction. I know I got that part right. The Bible says that he was about ready to heal a young man who was born blind. And the Bible says that he spit in the dirt and he took, he took the dirt and Jesus put it on the blind man's eyes. And he says, go to the pool of Siloam uh, and wash off the dirt from your eyes. The problem with this commandment is that the pool of Siloam was about a half a mile to a mile up the road. In other words, this was not something that was close. In order for him to grab his healing, he was going to have to sense where he was going. God. In order for him to get his healing, he was going to have to walk around blind to a place that was going to bring healing. He was going to have to bump in the night. He was going to have to make some mistakes. He was going to have to trip over some. He was going, oh, y'all don't hear me today. But he had to move while he was blind because sometimes God requires for you to move while you're blind. 
You will never get your healing and get your deliverance if you're waiting for everything to be perfect. You will never see the promises of God manifest in your life if you're waiting for everything to be perfect. If you're waiting for COVID-19 to be over, before you start working on the thing that God has placed in your heart, you'll never see it. You'll never see it because God does not tell you to wait. He tells you to move. Move when you can't see. Move when you don't understand. Move when you don't have the details. Move anyway. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I feel God. Uh, move anyway. Move when you don't have all the details. I don't know all about how this is going to work out. I just know God is doing something in this. Move anyway. Move anyway. Move anyway. Touch everybody around you and tell them move. Move, 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 move. You won't get your calling standing still. You won't receive your calling standing still. Everybody who God called, he called them while they were moving. I can't get no talking here. Oh God, he called them while they were moving. You want to stand still and expect for God to speak to you. But sometimes God is not going to give you another word until you take one step. Oh God, your next word is in your next step. Your next detail is in your next step. The next thing that he will tell you is the next step. Oh God, I know that part. The Bible says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, not a lamp into my eyes, a lamp into my feet. He does not lamp my eyes. He does not light my eyes. He lights my feet. And in the Old Testament, they used to put lights on the ankles so that you could not see where you were going. You just saw the next step. That's all I can see is the next step. What does this look like 10 years from now? I couldn't even tell you. All I see is the next Holy Spirit was revealing stuff to him, but did not give him details. <laughs> Stop expecting for the Holy Spirit to give you all the details of your life before you ever move. Sometimes he will not. I got 12 minutes. I'm going to hasten. Uh, the, Bible says, the Bible says that not only was, was he revealed, that it was revealed. I'm going somewhere with this. So keep that in your head. It was revealed. It was revealed. Thank you, sir. It was revealed. 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 I told you that seasons don't change by emotion. Seasons change by revelation. So as soon as it was revealed to him, Simeon was in another season. I, and, and the Bible never says when it was revealed because it could have been revealed at the birth of Jesus Christ. Because now we see that when Jesus is born, you got to read the whole chapter because it really talks about the birth of Christ before it talks about Simeon and him coming. To, you know, he was born and, and, and while he was born, maybe the Holy Spirit revealed it then and says that you will not die before you see the Lord's Christ. And then now it had to take 40 days because now in order for Mary to be clean, she had to go Go to the temple in 40 days and in order for him to be consecrated and circumcised consecrated because he circumcised on the eighth day but but he's he in order for him to be consecrated he would have to go to the temple in 40 days in other words we don't know when God spoke that word to Simeon all he knows that is within that 40 day period God gave him a revelation and led him to the temple Oh, God, I want somebody to hear this. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit led him to the temple. God did not tell him where he was going to meet him. Uh, God did not say that before you die, I will lead you to the temple. And when you come to the temple, there will be the Christ that was going to be in the form of a baby. That a, that a Mary and a Joseph is going to bring him. And then you'll meet him. No, gave him no details. He says, he says, before you die, you're going to see him. But you're going to have to be led to the place where you can see him. God. Have you ever been in a place in which you're asking God, God, why do you have me in this place? Oh, God, have you ever been in a place in which you're saying, God, why do you have me still in this place? And God is saying, I, 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 I can't tell you now, but what you don't understand is your promise is coming in through the door. Oh, God, and you're going to have to be led to a place because the Holy Spirit leads you to places, to places, to places, to places. Before you meet the personality, God will put you in the place. 
Okay, I can't get no talk. Oh, God, oh, God. Before, before he puts you the promise in your face, before you're able to manifest it, he will put you in the place. Before you ever meet the personality, you got to get to the place. Before, before Joseph's dream can be realized, oh, God, he's got to take him to the place. And going to Egypt, watch how, watch how God leads him. Uh, uh, my dream is going to be fulfilled, not here, but it's going to be in Egypt. Well, Egypt is too big. Lord, I need for you to take me, make it smaller for me. Make it more detailed. The Bible says that Potiphar grabbed him and put him in his house. Thank you very much. So I'm in Egypt and I'm in Potiphar's house but this is still not my place. This is the place where I need to be because if I don't meet up with Potiphar's wife Oh, God, I'm trying to help somebody. If I don't meet up with Potiphar's wife, then I'll never meet up with the cupbearer and the baker who is going to lead me to the Pharaoh. See, I need Potiphar's wife to lie on me. I need you to lie on me because my haters were helping me even when they were trying to lie on me. You tried to kill me, but God was trying to resurrect me, and your intention to kill me revealed God's intention to reveal me. I can't get revealed until you after you kill me. Come on, help me in here. Uh, the Bible says that Judas betrayed Christ. He patted the rest of the disciples on the back. He kissed Judas. Because sometimes you got to kiss your enemies, because your enemies are bringing you to the place. Oh, God, I was, I, 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 I'm getting so many downloads right now. I got to, oh, God, we'll take you to the place. Samson is blind. He's got to look at a young lad and says, hey, 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 I need for you to take me to the place. I, I got the strength, but I don't have the place yet. And I need the young lad to take me to the place where I can feel the pillars of the stadium because I got the strength, but I don't have the place. I've got the strength, but I'm not in the right place yet. And it takes a young man to lead a blind man of oh God to the place where he's supposed to be don't be don't be too uh, caught up on who's leading you because sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking through the unlikely resources and sources of your life sometimes it's going to be through somebody that you don't even expect to lead you to the place okay I gotta I, I, I gotta go I gotta go now listen listen you get to the place the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led him to the temple. Mary and Joseph comes in. The Christ is not in full form. The Christ is in seed form. He says, you will not die before you see the Christ. He didn't tell him what form the Christ will be in. So there are times in which God will give you a promise and won't tell you what form it will be in. So how do you know whether or not you have your promise in your hand? You're going to have to be able to sense it versus you looking at it to critique it. And the problem with many of us is that the promise is closer than you think. Oh, God, the hour of your, of your deliverance is closer than what you think, but you just can't see it because you're expecting it in one form and God is going to bring to you in another form. Oh, God, write that down, another form, another form, another form, another form. Your dream looks like one form, but when God brings it to you, it's going to be in an another form it's not going to look like what you dreamed but in order for you watch in order for you to see what you dream you're going to have to take it in the form that it came in the bible says that when he came in that that Simeon reached out and he took the baby and he began to speak and to prophesy on the baby watch he is sensing his presence and at the same time prophesying about a future because you'll never be able to prophesy about a future until you sense your present situation. What I'm asking for you to do, what the Holy Spirit is asking for you to do right now, is to sense your present situation. Could it be that you're depressed about a seed form promise? 
Could it be that you are discouraged because it doesn't look like what's in your dream, but it, but it looks like it's in seed form, and it's not what it's not it's not what you see; it's what you do with the seed form that it's in. How do you speak over it? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> oh God! It's it's not grown. It's not grown. It is underdeveloped. <laughs> oh God. In fact, you're talking about a 40-day-old promise. Uh, the promise don't even have control over its own bowels. Oh, God. The promise is peeing on people. And it seems like it's messy. And sometimes you have to clean it up because it's not able to work for you. So sometimes you're going to have to take care of it before it's able to take care of you. I, I want to talk to somebody who's discouraged right now because what God has brought to you is in seed form. Don't look like nothing right now, but you're going to have to give it at least 30 years. You give it 12 years, it's going to start asking questions and giving you answers. Oh, God, keep reading the text. Jesus was a baby 40 days old before he is held. He's not talking. It's going to take him 12 years before we hear him again. Oh, God. And then after that, we don't hear him again until he's saying, now it is important for the scriptures to be fulfilled. So John the Baptist baptized me. And then after that, we hear God the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Look at all the silence that is between the development. I go for 40 days. God speaks. And then I hear nothing. <laughs> and then I see him at 12 again. He's in the temple asking questions, giving answers. I hear nothing. And then <laughs> he's 30 years old. And then he comes because John the Baptist is saying, there's someone coming after me that I'm not even fit to tie, tie their sandal. And here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. And he is in full form. Oh, God. Because the first thing that you got to have, have to learn how to do, and I got to stop and I'm going to pray. The first thing you're going to have to learn how to do when God gives you a promise in seed form is to learn how to feed it. You're going to have to learn how to feed it because it won't be able to feed you until you feed it. Oh, God, that baby can't feed nobody, but eventually he's about to become the bread of life. <laughs> he feeds everybody before he's a bread. He's a seed. God, before your promise ever becomes a bread and a harvest, it's going to be a seed. It's what you do to the seed. How are you feeding it that will determine its growth and its development? This is a season of sensing. It is a season in which you're going to have to sense, sense what God is doing now and to be able to respond to it by faith so that you can now move into your future. You're going, to have to, you're going to have to cause for your spirit to be submitted to the Holy Spirit in such a way that you're able to be led not just by what you do, but by what you see, what you sense. Oh, God, what you sense in the spirit is going to be magnanimous, but you're going to have to be able to understand that God is waiting on you to respond to what you are sensing right now. This is the spirit and the principle of alacrity, and this is the behavior that is needed and necessary in this season of sensing. Now, I came to teach and give a prophetic word where that's concerned. But there are many of you that are watching this right now. Right now. And I want to lead you to this place in which your senses are heightened. Not, not, not by what you see, by what you sense. I sense something. Oh, God, I feel the anointing right here. I feel the anointing right now. I feel the anointing working right now with you. I know there's, there's been sensing. You've been sensing that God has been wanting to do something powerful and miraculous in your life. You've been sensing it, but you didn't know how it was going to come to pass. And you've been frustrated because it hasn't come to pass. And God is saying, it don't matter. It don't matter. I just need for you to respond to what you're sensing. Respond to what it is that you're sensing. 
God, if you were here, I'd tell you to stand up or come to the altar or whatever because I, I, I need to pray for you because I, I feel like God is about to turn, turn somebody's vision back on because you shut it off because it didn't come in the form that you thought it was going to come in. You stopped doing it because COVID-19 happened. God didn't tell you to stop. You stopped. God didn't tell you to stop moving. You stopped moving. Sometimes you got to learn how to move in a crisis in order for you to see a promise. If you can't move in a crisis, you won't see your promise. Oh, God, I, I'm talking real good. This is some good leadership stuff right here. You're an entrepreneur, and I understand that you're an entrepreneur. You just started the, 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 the restaurant. You just started the business. You just started all that stuff, and, and it does not look like what you want it to look like, and it seems like it is stressing you out right now. It is because your promises is in seed form. It can't feed you and take care of you yet. But I promise you, if you keep on working it, if you keep on feeding it, it will grow to take care of you. I've got three sons. The first boy is 24 years old. The second boy is 16. The third boy is 14. I told my sons that I'm hard on them on purpose. And this is why I told him, I, I said, I'm hard on you because I want to make sure that when the time comes for you to take care of me, <laughs> that you are strong enough to take care of me because now I don't want you to be weak taking care of me. I want you to have good financial sense so you won't put me in a broke house while I'm old. I need for you to be able to take care of me. I need for you to have sense and wisdom and intelligence. That's the reason why I'm pushing you out. I need for you to have sagacity. I need for you to have dexterity. I need for you to know God. I need for you to be led by the Spirit. I'm pushing you because eventually you're going to have to take care of me. I'm pushing you because eventually you may have to push me. Because whatever you take care of will eventually have to take care of so you don't stop feeding it. You don't stop investing in it. You don't stop investing in it. If the church is feeding you, why would you stop investing in what's feeding you during this time? You don't stop giving to your church in a crisis. This is when you start giving. And you start giving more by faith than by sight. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want, to, I want you to gather around. I want you to stretch your hands towards the screen. I want to pray for you. I want, I want you to get your heart and your minds ready for what God is about to do. God is able to do just what he said he will do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you don't give up on God because he won't give up on you he's able yeah I want you to remember that 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 he's able Come on, come on. If you know what I want you to sing, I don't care where you are. Uh, come on, let's just have a worship service just for a moment, just right now. Come on, say it, say it. God is able to do just what he said he will do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on you He's able Oh, 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 oh He's able Oh, 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 oh. He's able
don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on you Don't give up on God Cause he didn't give up on you So faithful Don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on you He's able father Father <laughs> You see You see your people I'm just sensing them now And I pray in the name of Jesus Father That you would by your power Resurrect The kind of behavior That is supposed to happen In this season I pray, oh God, for the sensing mechanisms of our lives, for the power and the dictates of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in ways, Father, that we have not even fathomed before. I pray in the name of Jesus that we won't get depressed by what we see with our physical eyes, but that we will understand that the discernment and the sensing of what we need to do in this present time. Father, we walk by faith. And not by sight. You said in your word that the righteous shall live by faith. The conformable. The one who is able to be conformed to your image. The one that's able to be transformed by your image. We live by faith. From faith to faith. From glory to glory. You're changing us and shifting us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every person that's been depressed. Every person that's been discouraged. Every person that felt like giving up and throwing in the towel. That right now they will be awakened by their faith. To sense that you are saying something to them. That causes for them to move forward move forward in the name of Jesus I pray for this ministry I pray for this church I pray for Pastor Corey I pray for his family I pray for everything that does concern him I thank you father for the testimony of this miracle I thank you father for the recovery of his body and I pray that even while his body was down that you fed his spirit I thank you right now that this feeds his spirit that he would have the encouragement the intestinal fortitude the dexterity of heart and mind oh God to be able to move on into the things that you are calling for him to do and that he is sensing in his spirit and I pray for right leaders to come around him who will be able to perform that which he is sensing I pray for sensing leadership leaders who will sense and pray uh, in the name of Jesus and every heart and every mind that's supposed to give their life over the Lord I pray that they will do it an opportunity is coming to you in just a moment to give your life over to the Lord an opportunity is coming to you in just a moment to be a part of this church and to connect to this ministry an opportunity is coming to you in just a moment so I want you to stay right there stay tuned because God is able to do just what he said he's going to He's going to do it until we meet again. I don't know where, I don't know when, but I'll be sensing the time. This is Pastor Winfield from the Potter's House of Fort Worth, loving on you, praying for you, and blessing you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed and serve the Lord in this season. Bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We hope you really enjoyed today's message. If you did, here's your opportunity to partner with us on today. You can partner by giving via Cash App, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel Church, or go to hglovespeople.com, press the give button and give whatever amount that you would love to give on today. Again, be blessed and thank you for tuning in.